0: And thanks for tuning in to the Grace Church of Ocala podcast. We're equipping disciples who make disciples in Ocala, Florida. I'm Pastor Michael Lockstamp for, and today we're wrapping up our base camp series. We've covered a lot of material here on the podcast, but it really just scratches the surface of what's going on at Grace Church. We also publish a Bible reading guide with every series that fills in the gap that we don't have time to cover on our Sunday morning worship gatherings. And likewise, we wanna share this message in a digital format so that it can be challenging, encouraging, and helpful in your life every day. But it is no substitute for gathering for worship with other believers. The Holy Spirit works in a special way when God's people come together to worship God and be transformed by Him. And the whole point of this sermon is that the Holy Spirit empowers our life to follow Jesus. But we do well to remember that there are no lone rangers when it comes to following Jesus. We do it together. The Gospel Life is an effort we make within the community of other believers. So, today, as we listen to Pastor Todd McQueen, remember that there are links to the scripture we're reading and other resources in the episode description that you might find helpful. Please take advantage of these and don't hesitate to contact us if you have any questions as we're going through this final episode of The Gospel Life in Basecamp.
1: Good morning, church. I get to say that for the first time to Edmund. That's cool. Morning, Edmund. As we get started this morning, we're finishing up this morning the last sermon in the Base Camp series, which means we start another series next week. And we'll explore a lot of thoughts again And in the entryway is the Bible reading guide that will take you Monday through Saturday to prepare for Sunday. And once again, the pastoral team got together to come up with an entire workbook. This is so you can study the Word at home. Not only study, but then to know. And then Saturday is the application day, the challenge day in this series. So it's not just enough to know God's Word, but then to do it. Pick up a study guide now, so you're prepared then for the sermon starting, the sermon series starting next Sunday. So in Romans, we will be in chapter 8. Chapter 8 of Romans. And as you look up, this might be really familiar to Frank and I and Mr. Robbie. That is a mountain bike. Now, there's something pretty cool about this mountain bike. For ages past, since Mr. Harley and Davidson got together, what was the bad part about riding a bike? Is when you pedaled, nothing helped you. So I know, we'll put an internal combustion on that thing, and we'll go from a bicycle to a motor bicycle. Now, what's different about what you see out there, which to the untrained eye just looks like a normal mountain bike? but it's not. That is zoomed in on what you see on the down tube right here. Guess what that bad boy is? It's designed by Yamaha. There's no gas in it, but there's a whole bunch of electricity. So the cool part of the engineering of this particular bike is what you see out there. There in here is smart stuff when you pedal it recognizes how much you pedal and then kind of matches you so if you went to the store and bought the bike and you sat on it and you look for the throttle it wouldn't be there there's all kinds of bikes you can buy that have like mopeds or kind of way you had to remember those back in the day yeah, the millennials never seen them things. We had to pedal them bad boys to get them started, and the one that didn't start, you got your friend to pedal. But this thing, if you go to the store and buy it, and you bring it home, and you're like, wow, look at that, it's got a battery in it. So you get it, and you go out on the trail, you go out, on the, go out and you're going to ride it around the neighborhood, so you get on it, and you just sit there. It's not going to do anything for you. The smart stuff in that box will match your power and work with you. So when you quit, it quits. And this morning we're going to find out that the Holy Spirit empowers us in the same way. How many of us want a little bit of Jesus? Get us some Holy Spirit and sit down and wait for Him to do the good hard work. So open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 this morning, and we'll get started in verse 1 and see how God the Holy Spirit is going to empower us to follow Jesus in this gospel life in base camp. Page 781 in the Story Bible, if you'd like to have one. 781. Starting in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Stop there. There is therefore now in your Bible reading guide that you've gone through for Romans and you'll pick up next week. Every time we read something in scripture that says, therefore, you ask, why is the therefore there? Well, let me answer that question. It's Romans chapter six and seven. Therefore, there is now no condemnation in Christ. What's the therefore there for? For the past Tuesdays, we have studied sin in base camp because we're going to live together in base camp, working out our faith in Jesus Christ with other people. Romans 6 was all about, what if I sin on purpose? What if it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is permission? Is that okay? And Paul's answer in verse 2 was, no, absolutely not. Do not abuse God's grace. Then last week in Romans 7, we dealt with sin in an when we sin unintentionally. Sin will happen in base camp. People are people still. You will sin until you meet Jesus face to face. Does that give us license to go ahead and sin, on, sin against people on purpose? Then say, sorry, Ross, will you just please forgive me? I did that on purpose, but it was okay, right? That's Romans 6. Romans 7 is, man, I've been trying to be nice to Ross forever, and I still sin against him. God, help me. I desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Paul, the writer of the, a lot of your New Testament, wrote those words. If he struggled with this, in his autobiographic chapter 7, in such a firm way, it gives us hope because he goes through all these verses of man, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And he finally ends up exclaiming, what wretched man am I? Who will save me? And the answer is Jesus, because there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the answer if you're in him. This morning, I have to stop right here and ask, are you actually in Christ Jesus? Or are you here as part of the crowd because somebody invited you? Romans 6, Romans 7. In fact, Romans 1 through this point is, hey, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. Then real quick, Paul says, then this is how you then live. This is... Romans A answers the question, is there any condemnation? There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. In Christ, are you sold out for Christ? Are you decided to follow him or is it a weekend duty for an hour? Something to mark off on your card. Because none of this works if it's just lip service. You can't sit on the bike and say, I got me some Jesus and never pedal. So let's go back to Romans and pick up in verse 2. How then are we to live with the Holy Spirit? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Freedom. The following the Holy Spirit is their freedom. For the law of the Spirit has set you free. The Holy Spirit has set you free from the law. See there in verse 2 where it says, For the law of the Spirit has set you free in Christ Jesus for the law of sin and death. The law. See where it says sin and death there in your Bible? That is the Hebrew law that says when you sin, something has to die. It, Leslie if, or Gail, if you sinned last week, that means today you should have brought a lamb. Yeah, I confess sin, I did that. Well, then where's your lamb? Well, the, Holy, the Jesus on the cross has set you free from that law of sin and death. That would be a horrible service, wouldn't it, Ross? Here comes Ross with the pickup truck with all the sacrifices for the sin. I will be, then we know the quality, then you know there were specific sacrifices for specific sin. So there's Frank and I sitting out front. Watching the pickup trucks coming in. Whoa, we know what Robbie did last week. He's got two doves. Oh my goodness, Pastor Michael's got a bull in the back of his truck. Oh! You imagine Facebook exploding on Sunday mornings then? But you imagine worshiping God the Father on a Saturday, because it's... You're at the synagogue and the temple and watching all these sin sacrifices come in. How crazy would it be if I confess my sin against Jesse and i got to bring that in for Miss Sue to see? We love this idea now that I can just deal with sin individually and not have to. Nobody else know about it. Never forget that when Jesus Christ was your sacrifice for sin, that is an intimate relationship for you. That when his forgiveness of your sin is meant to then take you public, the qualities of redeeming you from the slavery of sin is a public event meant to escort you into the redeemed life in front of other people. That has not changed. This morning, we didn't take cards and connection cards and say, please fill out what you did last week for sin so we can get ready for your sacrifices. Thank God. Hence, Romans 8.2. The Holy Spirit has set you free from that. But the law of spirit is also defined by what we read this morning. Keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, like we did with Kid Nation, what is it that beats in your head all week of how to follow God? Is it your own drumbeat? Or is it the Holy Spirit? Keep in step. I'm, you know, I was, quite frankly, disappointed. It didn't work well with the kids, but that actually worked better. Because this week, I couldn't figure out my left from the right normal Sometimes. And as I've watched some of the flock this morning, sometimes our steps have gotten pretty awkward. We're trying. We're like, Pastor Michael, play that drum louder. How many times this week did you go to the Holy Spirit and say, just play a little louder? I want to hear you. This is crazy. I don't know where I'm at. I want to stand step. That's the law of the Spirit. Then we have in Ephesians 4.11, 4, 1 through 3, I therefore urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Not only you listen to the drum beat, but you walk this way. How many from the 80s remember that song? That's probably before that one. I know Frank probably went to that concert. So you listen to the drum beat, then walk this way. What does your walking steps look like? Are you staying up on the log? Or are you just like, hey, there's a great big path here. Jesus, forgive me anyhow. And Ephesians 5 says, therefore, be imitators of God. So as you're walking and you're listening to the drumbeat, who are you imitating? Who does it look like? When somebody looks at you, what do they see? They say, oh, that's all Robbie doing that walk. Or those who are close to Robbie say, oh, there's God working in Robbie. He's listening to the drumbeat because Robbie doesn't normally walk like that. And do we do so in public so our friends and neighbors can see what our walk looks like? What's the inverse of this? When you're walking all crazy and you say you're following Jesus, your neighbors and friends and other people that you claim to follow Jesus with say, that ain't walking like Jesus walks. Then who in love walks up to them and says, there's sin going on? You shouldn't be walking like that. What are you listening to? And the Spirit also in Romans 8, that Pastor Michael read this morning, prays for us. And groaning is too deep. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. What is this verse saying? How many of us know friends in the last month that life has been so tragic that when you talk to them, they just go, what's wrong with you? Then when you're by yourself and you're praying to God, you're like, I can't handle it. Just the Holy Spirit understands the heart. The Holy Spirit is meeting you there then. When your prayers sound like it's like... Those, Frank was listening to me sometime this week and be like, I don't know what he was saying. The Holy Spirit gets it. The Holy Spirit working in our life is that magic smart stuff that's in that bike pedal. It wants to be there with you. First you have to have a relationship with Jesus. Then you have to walk into his beat. Then you're like how then do I do this by studying Him and being with other people that are walking that way? And then when the times gets rough, who can you pray with? Who's going to understand this prayer? The Holy Spirit. And is this all done by yourself in your closet, all hidden away? It's with people. For the opportunity of people to see you following Jesus is a public event because it's not all about you. It's for what? Others to see God working in you. So the free life, in verses 3 through 8 in Romans. God has set us free by sending Jesus as the last perfect sacrifice. That's why we don't have to have a sheep in the back of our pickup this morning or in our truck. is the last perfect sacrifice to fulfill the Father's requirements for what? God has always required a sacrifice for sin to have a relationship with you. God wants a relationship with you. This isn't just about you. This is a relationship for him. He has reached out and taken the initiative to redeem you, to buy you out of slavery, just like he did Israel out of Egypt. So he can have a relationship with you, then set you free. That relationship looks like how you walk, what you listen to, walking in step with the Holy Spirit for his purposes and desires in your life. So we have two examples in Romans eight this morning. We got the first example. What's your mindset on? Paul asks. Is a life all about you, your desires, your goals, your aspirations, your feelings, and your gratification? What's this lead to? God's word tells us it leads to the death of relationships, death of friendships actually death in the community of other people that follow Jesus. If you make it all about you all the time and you get together with other people who want to follow Jesus, you're hurting your relationship with them. And ultimately, the word says, it ultimately produces hostility toward God. What's the hostility? Jesus saved me. It's all about me. Why is God getting mad at me? Because you're making you your own idol. You stop worshiping God, and you worship yourself. You fail to continue to submit to God, to listen to the Holy Spirit, listen for the how to walk, listen to that drumbeat, and you listen to yourself. You put yourself out front and foremost. And what does God hate the most? If you start in Genesis and go all the way to Malachi, you shall have no other gods. And we are professional Americans in making ourselves our own God. My goodness, what's good for you? Just feel good. You only live once. And unfortunately, I hear I have been suspect to these very thing thoughts this week. What's in it for me? I didn't sign up for all this. Or we can have the life for the Holy Spirit, where our mind is submitted to God and the Holy Spirit. This is where it comes out in your marriage, in the home, on the job, and in your community. This comes with struggle and conflict. This isn't going to be easy. When your mind is submitted to God, it doesn't mean everything works out and the path is smooth ahead of you. But in these trials is when God can give you, the word says here in Romans 8, peace. Peace. Pastor Ryan talked about this this morning in Bible Fellowship. How in the world can you have peace when things are crazy? God God knows me. He loves me, and he can handle my situation. Do I submit to him? Now, here's the test. You've listened to me this morning and said, probably, which is what I do when I listen to a lot of sermons, that really fits blah, blah. You can fill in the blank. He's talking about selfishness, and I'm thinking about that person. Rarely about myself. So this morning, take this test. If you're talking with someone this week, and the I pronoun comes out all the time, who are you talking about? This is simple English grammar. I sit down with Ross, and I talk to Ross, and I'm like, hey, you're not going to believe what happened to me this week. I have feel like this. I'm like this. And I say I 400 times, and we're sitting at coffee. Who am I talking about, Ross? yourself. How many people have run across a whole lot of I people lately? Yeah, people love talking about themselves. Now listen to me well. Develop a relationship enough with people. What I'm saying is give somebody else the authority to, over-list, to listen to your conversation. Because we are terrible at self-identification. We love to present ourselves, and that's why Facebook is so awesome. We can edit what we like, put it up online, and we can make ourselves look good. But when you're in a conversation with somebody else this week, when you're in life with someone else this week, when you get done with a period of time and say, hey, was that all about you or about me? Allow them to answer that. Because the progression of spiritual maturity starts with I. I need Jesus. I have a problem with sin. Then it starts working to we. What are we going to do to interact with the world around us? Then Then it matures into you. It's about you. You understand where I'm going with this? Can you follow me in the pronouns? I people. We people. You. Now granted, there are times when you need a little I. People are suffering in a hard time? Yeah, I watched Frank do an amazing job this week. He was there for somebody. So what is your mind set on? It'll come out the way you communicate to people. The way you interact with your community, your family, your co-workers, your neighbors. So what is your mind set on? Is it worshiping you, or is it worshiping God? Move with me now to Romans 8 and verses nine to 11. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him, but if Christ is in you, Although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit of life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. This is the Holy Spirit as your roommate. If the Holy Spirit resides in you, it's because you've been following Jesus. If you say you follow Jesus, if you're in Christ, you will have life today, this week, this afternoon, Monday. The very same God who created the universe, the same God who illustrated his power in salvation by working in and through you has sent you the Holy Spirit for God's glory. The same God who walked on water, turned water into wine, and rose from the dead, shares the same address as you. Let that sink in for a second. God lives in you. Now, how amazing is this? Without going back through the entire Old Testament, which I would love to do this morning, let me just say it this way. Your body becomes the temple. What Israel saw when God filled the Holy of Holies with mind-blowing power, when God took up residence, is what I'm talking about. Go back to Exodus and see when they made the tabernacle and they got it all done, then the day God showed up. Boom! It's like when Exodus 40, verse 34, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. When the Holy Spirit came upon the leaders of Israel to lead them, it's like when Solomon got his strength when the Holy Spirit filled him. It's where Solomon, did I say Solomon got his strength? Or was it was Samson. You guys know that story? Okay, keep on going. Where Samson got his strength was when the Holy Spirit filled him. Where did Solomon get his Holy Spirit? These are big things. This is when the Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit shows up in the Old Testament, is unique and rare and powerful. God does whoa crazy stuff when that happens. So, when the Holy Spirit indwells those who decide to follow Jesus, it's just as powerful. We're spoiled. We see this when somebody comes to know Jesus and we see life transformation. We're like, whoa, look at that. That's some Holy Spirit stuff. Then 10 years later, we're like, hey, how are you doing this morning, Tammy? We forget the awe and wonder of God indwelling. If you're in Christ. And the scripture this morning says, The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give you life to your mortal bodies. I love that he said mortal bodies, because Romans 7 is like, Mine, this body is horrible. Not only is it breaking down, I got aches and pains, got to get cortisone shots and surgeries, but fighting sin is so hard. God, I'd rather just be with you and call it quits. And he's like, no, Robbie, go back to work, tell him about me. The active agent in following God is the Holy Spirit. That's the power to your pedals. And that's good news. That's good news. Amen. The Holy Spirit empowers you, empowers our life corporately. Because the crazy thing about this is he wants to work in Tammy's life, Robbie's life, and Carolyn's life this week. But what is the really awesome part is when he does this, when we get together as a family. God does something unique when he gets all of his believers, when he gets believers together and they have a celebration for him. Are you in Christ this morning? Because you have made a personal decision to follow Jesus. And in following him, what does that look like? What are you listening to? When you're talking to other people, is it all about you or is it about them? Is it about what God has called you to do in your community or what you like to do in your community? What has your mind been set on this past week? Just think of this past week. Miss Jessie, I can't believe it would be anything other than raising the little dinky Edmund. And, you know, everything going on. What has your mind been set on? Just staying above water and not drowning in this thing called life. Paying bills. What has been on? Just take a second and review. What did you set your mind on? When you're daydreaming, what's it about? I have a hard time not thinking about a 30-foot ocean boat. What did your walk with Jesus look like last week then? If your mind was set on Him and you were concentrating on what your week looked like, and you just got done reflecting on this, then what did it look like for Jesus? Jesus. kind of suckered you in with this question. And then this one. What is the Holy Spirit leading you to do next week now? Last week's over with. It's done. Take what you've studied in Romans, living in base camp with what it means to live out your faith with other people. Because the good news is Jesus loves you. And how did he illustrate that love? His death, burial, resurrection, and promise return. Then how do we live? Romans 6, 7, and 8. What is the Holy Spirit? Because you've studied this and interacted with the local body for this time, leading you to do this week. Take your connection card and write that down. And... The local church, when you find out what it is from the other people, cheerlead them. Come alongside them. Because remember, it's not about you. Let's pray.
0: Thanks again for listening. We hope you've been challenged, encouraged, and helped by God and His Word. If you want more information about Grace Church of Ocala or would like to get in contact with us, please visit our home on the web, ocalagrace.org. If we haven't met yet, we hope to talk with you soon.